All right. I don't care how much gas, I mean, how much car you got, if you don't have no gas in it, you don't run. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's great to be back here with you this morning. I tell you, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, let me get my right glasses out here. Brother Casey, anybody come up and show, say anything to you after the first service? No? I'm so disappointed. I, I, I guess I just needed to do it in person. I was going to uh, show up here this morning in my bathing suit. And I thought there's some things left better to the imagination. <laughs> Put that Russian hat on. It'll come right out of it, I guarantee you. Hey, I want to say thank you to our deacons and their wives. They did a marvelous uh, banquet last night for our Hills Love group and widows and widowers, and we had a glorious time uh, together, a lot of fun, and it was tremendous. And I appreciate them so much. If you would turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I've left my glasses uh, somewhere, and uh, I think I know where, but if I put these on, I can read the Bible. If I put them on, though, I can't see you. They're all, you're all fuzzy. And there's sometimes I'd rather wear these looking like this, I guess, than I would. Uh, but anyway, uh, just bear with me through this morning. 2 Kings chapter 4, as we continue on through uh, the book of Kings, 2 Kings, we've finished 1 Kings and down to chapter 4 of 2 Kings. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? The Bible says in verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Father, thank you this morning for just the sweet fellowship that's in this place. Now, I know it's the Holy Spirit of God. I pray, Lord, you'll have freedom to touch lives this morning, to change hearts and attitudes and spirit, and Lord, most of all, to save souls that need to be saved. God, may... Uh, those listening that are closest to hell today come to a realization that they need you as their Redeemer, Savior. And we praise you for what you're going to do in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
Thank you so much. I uh, want to apologize, first of all. This is my favorite verse of Scripture. This is my favorite in all of the Word of God. This is it right here. And I promised uh, Brother Herman Kramer preaches a sermon on this Scripture. And it is the best sermon I've ever heard. And if you want to hear it, you can go back in our uh, website and, and flip back under several years ago. He preached it here. He's preached it at every church I've been at. It's a tremendous sermon. And I know Brother Thurman's heard it three or four times too. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to preach his sermon. I'm going to try not to preach his sermon. It's hard when you got the best sermon to not preach the best sermon. Amen? But bear with me as I just kind of go through this fourth chapter here. And uh, it, it is a tremendous story of faith in the fourth chapter. Uh, if I were to greet people who know the Lord, I'm talking about people who really know the Lord. I'm not talking about those who just know about the Lord. I'm talking about those that have a relationship with Him through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If I were to look at those people and greet those people, Jesus said it like this, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then he went on in Matthew chapter 7 to say this, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out uh, demons? Didn't we prophesy in thy name? Didn't we do many wonderful works? And then he said, I'll profess to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You see, you don't know God by what you do. You know God by what Jesus did. It's impossible for you to come to God unless you come to God through Jesus Christ. If I were to go to you this morning and we could sit here all day long with Christians uh, talking about their trials, uh, people who know God, people who've been tested by God, people who God has tried in the fire, and people who have walked with Him in the garden in the early morning, people in this place who've stayed up all night with the Lord. We'd hear stories, illustrations, trials, tribulations, sorrows, tragedies. I want to tell you, We'd also hear that we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We'd also hear that uh, 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 he's not the big daddy upstairs. He's our Father. Jesus is not just some good teacher. Or he, he's our Savior, Redeemer. The Holy Spirit is not just something we are scared of and something that we cast all our things. He's our Comforter. He's also our witness that, move, that proves to one another that we are saved. And if we talked this, this morning in this crowd, we'd find how precious the Word of God is to so many in this crowd this morning. It's not just another book you buy at the bookstore and put on the coffee table to look good in your house. I want to tell you, it's the very Word of God. You don't just read it in your leisure time or bring it when you come to church. It's the Word. It's the lamp. It's the light. It's the guide. It's the manual. We establish our families by the Word of God. We raise our children by the Word of God. We lead our churches by the Word of God. God provides. 
I don't care what kind of tragedy we want to hear, what kind of sorrow, what kind of uh, thing that has befallen us. The bottom line is God will provide. He provides. I love that song, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Well, my dear Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. But I love that third verse. There's actually 14, 15 verses to this song. But this third verse says he breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avail for me. I tell you, it would take more than a thousand tongues. It would take more than the ink filled in the oceans. It would take more than all of the iPhones there are upon the face of the earth to tell about how great our God is. God himself provided a miracle. And I want to tell you this morning, many of us in this room today need a miracle from God. We need a miracle from God. Some may be for salvation. Some may be financial, some may be physical, some may be relationship-wise, some may be emotional. But I'm talking about the Son of God, Jesus. I'm talking about God the Father who created the heavens and the earth, the one who put the sun up there that ain't hanging on nothing. The one that put the moon, the one that put the stars and then called them by name. The one that breathed into man and made him alive. The one that parted the Red Sea and, 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 and carried him through the desert with the manna and the water from heaven made the blind man to see and the lame man to walk and the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear. And he healed the men with withered hands and he cleansed lepers and in dead men he brought them back to life. And in 2022, he hasn't lost one ounce of power. He's still king of kings. He hadn't slipped off in the shadows. He's not slowed down. He didn't get voted out because he didn't get voted in. He's not going to resign. He's not going to be impeached. He's king of kings and lord of lords. Yeah. Praise God. He was, he is, and he shall be. All right, let me, let, 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 let's just look at this here. This is a lady, first of all, that's in the state of despair. Or perplexed. I'm scared to use that word despair after he quoted that scripture this morning. But she's shook up. Have you ever been there? I mean, her husband had died. He was a man of God. He was the son of the prophet. Doesn't mean he had a title. It meant that he was trained by Elijah or Elisha. He was a godly man. He was a great husband. He was a great father. He was a great man of God. And now all of a sudden, he's gone. He's dead. That's enough to despair anybody. Amen? Now, those of us who've never lost a spouse, we, we don't, we can't, we'll tell you we can, but we can't comprehend what you're feeling this morning. I mean, there's a void there that you're never going to get over. You just got to learn to live with it. You're not going to get over it. Her husband's dead. Now the Bible says that the creditors are knocking on the door. She owes this money, and she's going to end up losing her two boys. She's lost her husband. And now, look, could I just tell you, a, a, a woman that won't fight for her kids ain't much of a... I, I, better, be, I better rephrase that. 
I think she done sold everything she had. I think she done called on everybody she knew to call on. She did not. She was in despair. She does not want those children to leave. You may be here today, and the truth is you're going through some desperate trial. The real truth is if you stopped and thought about it a moment, you'd probably break out in tears in this place this morning. You're going through some desperate trial. If you think children of God don't go through trials, you just ain't hit the right children of God. Because we do. But in the midst of it all, God provides. God provides. Now the second thing is, she goes to the prophet Elijah. And when you look at what that says, it's almost like he's being a jerk. Smart aleck preacher. Hey, she goes to him and he said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I, I'm a preacher. Haven't you heard that Baptist motto? Lord, you keep them humble and we'll keep them poor. I mean, I'm just a prophet. What am I supposed to do? I don't have any money. I can't help you. What do you have? Hmm. Now, I think when you get to examining this, the real truth is Elijah, Elisha is trying to get her to decide if she wants something from the man of God or if she wants something from God. Mm. What do you really want? You, you want God to do something? Tell me what you got. You see, before you ask God to do anything else for you, you got to give him what you already have. Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you. What do you have? I've, I've got a rod. David, I want to use you today. What do you have? I've got a slingshot. Little boy, I want to use you today. What do you have? I've got a little lunch with some fish and loaves of bread in it. Don't expect God to give you something when you've not even given him what you already have. She's desperate. And then she went to the prophet. And then the third thing here is that she listened to the instructions. Don't you hate instructions? I remember as a young father, Christmas Eve, we'd be putting those things together. We'd be on step 25. My wife would finally be reading them. And she'd say, you missed step two. You got to go back. I said, no, baby, there ain't no going back. We're going to rig this thing up. We're going to make this thing work. Have my work in the junk, but I want to tell you, when it comes to God, we need to listen to what God says. And then we need to be obedient to what God says. He said, go borrow some vessels. She done sold everything she's got. The creditors were coming. What do you have? I got one pot of oil. I want to tell you, God can use you where you are. People trying to get rich before God uses them. People trying to get recovered before God can use them. I went to ETBU. There were preachers there, had the mentality, and it's even more so today, that I can't do anything for God until I get my education. Hogwash. God wants to use you where you are. He wants to use you wet behind the ears. He wants you to be weak so that he can be strong in you. Get out and borrow some pots and not a few. Well, I asked the Lord, and I'm waiting on him to provide. Mm. 
That's not what the Lord means. God provides means that God will do what you cannot do. My dear lady, you can't tie. You can't make oil multiply. It's impossible. But you can go out and get pots. Huh? I mean, you can do something. Don't just sit around and wait on God to come through. I, I, I'm in a predicament, preacher. I, I, you can't make money come from nowhere. No, but you could tithe and be a steward. It might be God would bless you if you do that. It not, would not be might. He would. I can't save anybody. No, but you could pass out a track. I've got kinfolks that are lost and they're almost going to hell. They're, they're in bad shape and I can't save them. No, but you could witness to them. You could share the gospel with them. I can't heal my body. No, but you can go to the doctor and get a prescription. Stop waiting on God to do what you can do for yourself. Pastor, pray for me. I've got to work on Sunday mornings. My shift has changed, and I've got to work on Sunday mornings. Well, what are you doing Sunday night? Hmm. Why, why should I pray for God to change somebody's work schedule when they won't even come to the Lord's house when they are off work? Now, if you don't say amen here, it probably means I hit you. <laughs> amen? I mean, you, you, you come down to Lazarus. Mary can't what, raise Lazarus. Martha can't raise Lazarus. The disciples can't raise Lazarus. If they, if they could, they'd have already done it before he ever went to the grave. But you know what Jesus said? Roll the stone away. They may not can raise Lazarus, but they can roll the stone away. You may not be able to do the miracles, but you could get yourself ready to do the miracles and let God do them. I'm convinced the reason that the Holy Ghost is not flowing like he was and has been in times past is because we're not ready to receive him. Man, I'm praying the Holy Ghost fall on this place. Some of y'all going to run out of here like a scalded dog when that happens one day. But I tell you, I'm on a high... Mm. Mm. Don't expect Jesus to show up on the stage of your life until you've cleaned off all that stage and gotten ready for him. Then he said, after you've gone and barred the vessels, take the vessels in the house and shut the door. Sometimes God wants to do a work in our life privately. Now, I know some of you men are embarrassed to let go in front of your wife, in front of your children. So what you need to do is go down to the barn, find you a place where nobody can hear you, and just get along with God. See, some of you, the only time you get excited about God is when you come to the house of the Lord. Could I tell you God wants to do more in your broom closet than he wants to do in this house? Your private worship is more important than your public worship. You get down there and you, you start pouring out your heart to God and you start singing a little bit and reading the Word of God and God show up in that place. Yes. Yes. Whoo! He said, you take them in the house. 
privately. Then he said, pour oil into all of them. <laughs> what oil? I got one little old pot of oil, and they done gone out. The bedrooms are full of empty vessels. The bathroom's full. The kitchen's full. The dining room's full. The, they got them out there on the carport out there, and they're on the backyard, and they got vessels everywhere. Where am I going to get the oil? You see, that's why we lose our, our analytical mind. I don't need to borrow a bunch of vessels. Guys, go get a vessel or two. We only got one pot of oil. So we don't need a lot of vessels. See, that's the analytical human mind. But this lady had a faith. She knew she couldn't make oil, but she knew the one who could. And she said, you go get as many vessels as you can. I love this part in Brother Herman's sermon. I got to use it. <laughs> He'll be listening this afternoon. But he, he, he makes the statement that as they go to knock on a door, some good informed neighbor is going to say, honey, you don't need empty vessels. What you need is some good uh, beets or some green beans with potatoes. And here, you take these vessels. And the boys say, no, Mama said just bring empty vessels. Don't you know everybody in that town thought she was crazy? I mean, her whole life, her whole reputation is resting on the fact that she's got one pot of oil and she's going to fill these vessels up with oil. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Unless God gets in it. And then suddenly, what's crazy becomes reality. I love the fourth chapter of the book of John. They're at the Canaan, uh, in Cana of Galilee, and they're at their wedding feast, and they run out of wine. Whoo, when you run out of wine at a Jewish wedding, you're in trouble. And Jesus said, my time hadn't come. And, but, but his mother looked over at him and said, listen, whatever he says, do it. If he says get pots, get pots. If he says fill pots up with water, fill them up with water. But whatever he says, you do it. You know, that's still good advice today. Whatever he says, do it. Pour the oil. It must mean that God is going to supply the oil. You say, yeah, but I don't understand that. It's not God's uh, directive to tell you how he's going to do it. What you need to do is do what God tells you to do. Some of you, that would mean this morning that you need to be saved. You've danced around that thing for months and months. I remember some of you, I've seen some of you. Some of you, the first time you walked in here, were pulling the pews out of the, we had to put, replace some of the screws in the chairs and all because you was hanging on to them so tight. But you've gotten out of where you've said no so much that you can just kind of ah, breathe deep and relax. And I tell you today, you need to be saved. If you don't be saved today, this may be your last chance to be saved. Some of you need to come into this church and join this church. You say, well, this church doesn't look like it needs anything. We need a whole lot. This church has got a preacher that's crazy. <laughs> I've got in my mind some new buildings and all, and I mean, you know, we, we're going to need a whole lot. Mm. 
God's going to supply the oil. He's going to provide when you believe the word of God. I don't think she would have ever sent these boys out to get those vessels unless she understood God's going to be the one to supply this oil. Mm. Then the, the instruction is, <laughs> and I want to just point in here real quickly. That's why I love to come to church. I never will forget my wife. We, we were, she's taught preschool and you love second grade more than anything. But I remember standing outside of her door many times in a Sunday school class singing with those kids. I love to go to church. I love to go to church. Hey, I love to come to church because I'm afraid that the Lord's going to show up and pour out some oil and I'm not going to be there with my pot to get it. I don't want to miss Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If we have something on Thursday, I want to be in the middle of it too. Because he's going to pour it out. He said, fill them up and set them aside. Now, there's a couple of reasons here for that. Number one, he's saying don't use it for anything else. You know what I've discovered in 50 years of ministry? A lot of people want the blessings of God, and when they get them, they use them for something else. Wow. Hmm. You, 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 you didn't have but one pot. God's the one that told you to borrow the pots. If we brought this down to a modern-day example today, we'd be sitting here, there'd be the one-pot church and the two-pot churches and the three-pot churches, and, and over here at Woodland Hills, we'd just say, Whew, we got pots everywhere. <laughs> Woo, we got pots everywhere. Well, now listen, having pots ain't nothing to toot your horn about. The pots are still empty. And they're not your pots to start with. You borrowed them from somebody else. Huh? When you get the blessings of God, could you remember that you wasn't the one that done that? We're walking around like you could strut sitting down. That's not you that did that. That's God that did that. Give him the glory. He said, set them aside. And then the second reason, I think, uh, he said that is because sometimes we forget the blessings of God. We forget what God did last week. And then we forget what God did the week before that. And if we're not careful, we're, we're saying, you know, God never comes through for me. Never comes through. Now, you remember as they crossed the Jordan River, the prophet said, go, go back in the middle, get it 12 big stones, Bring them over here. They're going to be a memorial. It wasn't a welcome to Longview smiling sign. It was a 12-stone memorial. And you know what it was for? He said, when your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids come by here, I want them to be able to look at those 12 stones and say, Papa, what does that mean? That means that there was a day when we were in captivity and sin in Egypt. But God delivered us, but we were hard-headed, and we spent 40 years wandering in the desert. But even when we didn't do what God wanted us to do, he still provided for us. And then we came through on dry ground, and these stones are to remind us that God will provide. Mm. You can't experience his provision 
if you're not going to obey his commands. Then I, I note the divine blessing. I got to hurry. Good grief. Y'all been used to Case, and I, I thought I had him last week. I figured I was in a different time zone, though, and I got messed up. But I thought I had him, but I didn't. There's a divine blessing here. She starts pouring that pot. Bring me another pot. Another pot. Bring me another pot. She's still pouring. This is a good time to say amen. Bring me another pot. Bring me another pot. Bring me another pot. Bring me another pot. There are no more pots. Everything's full. There are no more pots. Hmm. As long as she poured the oil, there was perpetual oil, and when she stopped pouring it, the oil stayed. God knows when to stay the oil. Could I just make one observation? There's really no reason for the oil to be poured if there's not a pot ready. And maybe the reason we're not seeing God do more is our pots are not ready. We've got them full of pride. We've got them full of junk. We've got them full of the world. We've got them full of all the things we want to do. And God said, go out and get empty vessels. God provides. This is another wonderful math exam that Brother Herman uses. I won't do that. But I'll just say this. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure the more pots you have, the more oil you got. If they had 20 pots borrowed, they'd have 20 pots of oil. If they had 30 pots borrowed, they'd have 30 pots of oil. Let me give you this last thing. I'm winding down. It's a certainty of supply. You can expect God to come through. Oh, my, my, my. In one week, could you just dream with me for a moment? In one week, if just a hundred of you, because there's, you know, some of you are not going to do it no matter what. But if just a hundred of us would make a commitment this week that when we come to the house of the Lord next Sunday morning at 1045, we're going to be prayed up. We're going to have witness this week. We're going to show up with an empty pot, and we're going to expect God to do something. See, many of us just walked in this morning because it was a thing to do. We always do it. But what if we came expecting God to do something? Now, I love this part. You're not going to like it, but I love it. You think the Bible says in verse 7, she went back to the man of God. You know what she went back and said? Preacher, what you told me to do, I did, and God did what he said he's going to do. Preachers love to hear that. We don't get to hear that very often. But don't you know he loved to hear that? We, 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 we took all those empty pots, and, man, they're full of oil. Everything you Now, I don't think she walked in there saying, well, preacher, it, it worked. I think she's got both hands up in the air. I think she's got a little jump in her scalp. I'm just telling you, she's excited. She's waving those hands. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Some of you young people, that's old-fashioned there. Amen. She's waving them hands, and she's shouting, and she's saying, it worked, it worked, it worked. And you know what the man of God said? 
Hey, <clears throat> appreciate all them hand movements and all that shouting and everything, but go pay your bill. Go pay your bill. That's what he said. See, God gave the miracle so that she wouldn't lose her two sons, so go pay the bill. It is amazing to me how people of God can sit around and owe people and owe people for years upon years upon years and never pay what their debt is there. Listen, don't let your shout preclude your service. Instead of all the shouting, let's go pay the bill and then come on back and we'll shout. Because I want to tell you something, everybody will shout once the oil is poured out. You let the Holy Ghost come in here and the oil start being poured out, I don't care. Everybody's going to be shouting. It irritates me a little bit. I try to be spiritual. You hear people say, well, preacher, I, you don't know the predicament I'm in. I said, no, but I do see that's a set of Jordans you're wearing there. Huh? <laughs> Be careful when God gives you the oil and it's set aside in your house. Be careful because if you're not careful, you'll start using it for other reasons than God gave it to you for. So be careful when God does give you the oil. There are people in this church, you, you blow my mind. I don't even know who you are. I just know that anytime anybody even mentions the word give, whatever, man, there are people who want to jump on that and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to help this mission. I want to help these young people. I want to help these children. I want to do this. I, you know, you, you have paid the debt down on a $2.5 million building in a year and a half down to almost $450,000. I mean, you, you, anything that happens, man, I want to be a part of it. And praise God. Praise God. And then there are others of you in this church wouldn't give if the Lord took up the offering himself. <laughs> well, she, I'm through. She could not get that oil unless she gave God the little oil she had. I'll just stop at that. You're not going to get the blessings of God unless you give God what you've got. Father, this morning, oh, Lord, I, I sense through your spirit that, God, there are people in this place that today they need to be saved. There are others that have quit walking by faith, and, Lord, you have encouraged them this morning. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would turn. They'd come to this altar and say, Lord, I, I give up. I'm going to give you everything I've got. I want to serve you. I want to be receiving of your blessings. I, I, don't, I don't want to be a tightwad. I don't want to be somebody that's not friendly. I want to be a witness. I want to be sold out to Jesus Christ. Lord, there are other decisions that need to be made. All I'm asking is, Lord, would you draw those that need to be drawn this morning because it has to be through your Holy Spirit. We can preach and we can pray. We can do all we can. 
but we can't make anybody come forward. That's the Holy Spirit. So I pray, Lord, we've done what we can do. Now I'm asking you to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?